0: Oh!
1: book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, we begin our reading with verse 2. Out a little strange, but I want you to read verse 1 in your own time because I don't have to, I don't, don't want to have to deal with those names. <laughs> I, I, could, I could make it up and <laughs> y'all would never know the difference, but I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so you read verse 1 and I'll start with verse 2. Nehemiah, beginning with verse chapter one, beginning with verse two, and Hananiah, one of my brethren, came. He and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the, capacity, of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gate thereof are burned with fire. Amen. As you remember on last week, we, we talked about, and we, we are moving to, into a series because I'm trying to get us somewhere as a church family. Today I want to talk from this subject: when the temple is up and the wall is down. <clears throat> when the temple is up and the wall is down. <clears throat> As I said to you on last Sunday, we will spend a lot of time during the course over the next few months talking about not only the rebuilding of the temple at Jerusalem, but also we will talk about the importance of rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. From a historical standpoint, and we look back in history, cities in the ancient world were walled for protection. If they were cities, if they were legitimate cities, they had walls around them. And those walls were put there for protection. But not only was a wall there for protection, walls were also symbols. If a city, if a city was unwalled, that city merited contempt. Nobody took a city seriously if it didn't have a wall around it. If there were no walls, my brothers and my sisters, if there were no walls around the city, then the laws really became suggestions. Are y'all hearing me? In, in, in cities that had no walls, that there was really no way of enforcing anything. Everybody pretty much lived by their own rules if there were no walls. In order for a city to be respected and counted as significant, it had to have a wall around it. Cities, my brothers and sisters, in that time... Cities were governed and ruled by rules and governments that were handed down from the city wall. So the city wall played a great part in the life in Bible times. That's why, my brothers and sisters, because of all of these things, that's why Nehemiah could not stand the thought of the city of God that didn't have a wall around it. That's why he got disgusted and that's why he, he was saddened to hear that there was no longer a wall around the city of God. And my brothers and my sisters, after all, the truth of the matter is, his thinking, his thinking, their minds thinking is, after all, if, that, if it has no wall, who respects it? If, if it has no walls, who's really governing What goes on in the city? If the city has no walls, if we are indeed the people of God, in the city of God, who live for God, without walls, who knows who's in and who's out? Are y'all hearing me? I say if we are the people of God, if we are who we say we are, if there are no walls, who knows who belongs inside? And who, will, who, who belongs outside without walls? How do we know who's for us and who's against us? If there are no walls. Nehemiah says we've got to rebuild. We've got to rebuild the wall. My brothers and my sisters, as my, my brothers and my sisters as we concentrate on the rebuilding of walls and on rebuilding walls, I want us to concentrate on these things. I want us to think on these things. Why is there a need in 2016 to talk about rebuilding walls? Why is he bringing this up? That was way back then. Why is there a need for us to look at rebuilding walls in 2016? And please hear me. Please hear me now. Please hear me now. As I said on last Sunday, you make sure you get this point because you're going to hear it over and over again. I'm not advocating, I'm not at all advocating that the people of God ought to shut themselves off from the rest of the world. For fear of being contaminated by something somebody else has. But what I am saying is that the people ought not have to wonder whether you are in or out. I just said something right there. Now, not to keep everybody out. Not because we're so much better than everybody else. We are better off. But yet people who are around you all not have to look at you and watch you and try to figure out whether you're in or out. That's got to be a wall. there has got to be something that separates the in from the out. Am I making any sense? If your life is the life that you live, if the life that you live and the way you carry yourself confuses folk as to whether you are in or out, then just maybe you need to check your wall. Are y'all hearing me here? If folk watch you daily, folk who see you and who know you best, if they can't figure out whether you're in or whether you're out, there may be a breach in your wall. maybe you need to do some rebuilding your wall. You see, the wall is designed to keep you either in or out. If you're in, the wall will keep you in. But if you're out, the wall will keep you out unless you come in the right gate. Are y'all hearing this? The wall is designed for protection. and The reason why you need a wall for protection is everybody is not in love with the fact that you're trying to get your temple together. Amen. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say the reason why you need protection. See, some folks say, well, I don't know why. I don't need no protection. Ain't no. no, if you're on the Lord's side. If you're trying to get your life together, don't you think for one minute that everybody is happy about what you're trying to do? Are y'all hearing me? And you've got to be protected from those folk who would do you harm as you try to get yourself together. Not only that, walls set boundaries. Are y'all hearing me? They, They set boundaries. You you, 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 you can't go but just so far from the temple without running into a wall. I just said something right there. I say you can't go but just so far. I ain't and I don't care how saved you are. Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but thank God for the wall because that wall won't let you go but just so far. Some of y'all ought to be shouting because some of us been all the way up to the wall. Thank God for the wall. Not only that, story that we're talking about, the story of the people of God, and this story is about their being restored to their homeland. You remember, you remember, and you will, as a matter of fact, as we go through these periods of study in our classrooms and From the pulpit, you're going to learn that these people are being restored to their homeland after being in bondage for 70 years. For 70 years, they've been in bondage in a strange land. And this story, Nehemiah's story and all of these stories leading up, they're a story of a people who have been given a new beginning. Follow me now. They have sinned and they have rebelled against God. And in spite of being warned by the prophets, they have sinned and they have rebelled against God. Yeah, to the point and in so doing, because they rebelled against God, now their relationship with God has been broken. That's why they were in slavery. That's why they were carried away from their homeland, and they had to serve in slavery for 70 years because that that relationship with God, they didn't do what they said they would do by God. But because of the covenant relationship, because of the covenant that God had made with their forefathers, that relationship has now been restored. The beauty of God is God will keep his word even if we don't keep ours. Are y'all hearing me? You got to punish. You got to go through some stuff. You got to, you got, he's got to let you know that you were wrong. Yeah. So here they are there in slavery for, for 70 years, but now that same God had made a covenant with their forefathers and now they have been restored and they are back in their homeland. Get it? They have been in slavery for 70 years. Now God's grace and mercy has brought them back to their their homeland. But when they get back to the home, when they get back home, they don't find the beautiful city that they left. When they get home, They don't find that great and majestic temple that they left. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, everything, when they got back, everything, including the temple and the walls that were protecting the city, everything had been destroyed. Every bit of it now was laying in ruins. When they got back, when they got back, when they finally were released, and they went back to their homeland, went back to to Jerusalem. It took them a while, and and we'll talk about that as we go. It, It took them a while to get the temple built back. But they did build the temple back. It took them a while to get it built back, but finally they did get the temple finished. But although they had the temple finished, the wall was still. And you need to see this, and you need to see this, because this is what sets the stage for our study. This is what sets the stage for where we are going to be going. The temple was rebuilt, but the wall is still down. Are y'all hearing this? The rebuilding of the temple, brothers and sisters, the rebuilding of the temple... Represented a new start, a fresh relationship with God. The rebuilding of the temple, it it, it, it represented a new relationship with God. But the absence of the wall says that God does not have rulership here. Are y'all hearing me? We got a temple that says that God has forgiven us. Have a temple that says that God is with us. But because it doesn't have a wall. It says that God ain't in control of nothing. Are y'all hearing me? And my brothers and sisters, our relationship with God will never be what it ought to be until God has rulership. I just said something right there. I said your relationship with God will never be what it ought to be until God has ru- rulership. Let's see if I can get you See if I can get you a better seat. In the beginning, man was created in the image of God. Back in Genesis. He was created in the image of God and he was given dominion over the earth. Y'all hear me? In other words, not only was man given dominion, not only was, was he made in God's image, but he was given control. He was given dominion, rulership over the earth. That rulership continued as long as he stayed in the right relationship with his father. Are y'all hearing me? You remember in the beginning, he, he, he didn't have to work, didn't have to do nothing. All he had to do was take charge of God's creation. But with the fall of man, when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, both the relationship and the rulership were broken. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, the relationship between God was broken, but also it interrupted man's rulership. You remember, as a result, God said, you're going to have to work now. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah, you going to have to till the soil. You got to go to work. You don't know. You No longer. You understand? You had dominion over everything. But now you got to fight these animals to stay alive. He lost rulership. Are y'all hearing me? But God, that relationship was broken. Man lost out, lost his relationship with God, lost rulership. But God was never satisfied being separated from his creation I'm going somewhere with this God was not satisfied being separated with man, so he had a plan he already had a plan guess what the plan was he sent his son are y'all hearing me he had a plan yeah, to send his son Jesus to come and restore the relationship between God and man now that's no news to you you hear that every Sunday morning that Jesus showed up to get us back in a right relationship. A right relationship between man and God. But the thing that we often overlook is that Jesus, when he came, yes, he came to save us from our sins, but Jesus came to make us completely whole again. Are y'all hearing me? He came to make us completely whole again. Most of our preaching And most of our teaching emphasizes the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We we, we continue to press the point that Jesus brought us back into a right relationship with God. And brothers and sisters, that is right. That is the most important part of the message of the gospel, that Jesus came to get us back into a right relationship with God. And we are not ever, we can't ever stop telling that story because without this message, all of us would be lost. Without this message, none of us would have a leg to stand on. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. We talk about him coming to save us from sin, how he come to patch up our relationship with God. But if we stop right there, if we stop at that point of of acknowledging our need for a new relationship. If we, if we stop at that point in, in, of acknowledging the fact that he came, yeah, that, that, that's what we came, that we are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost all because of Jesus, we fail to recognize that that's where we stop. If we don't go any further than that, we have just failed to recognize that God also desires for us to be restored to rulership. Are y'all hearing me? He also, he wants us to be made whole. So not only did he come that we might go to heaven when we die, he comes to make life better while we're still living. Are y'all hearing me? He comes that we might take our rightful place down, down, down here. In other words, in other words, not just the rebuilding of the temple, but also he came for the rebuilding of the wall say it another way not just a new temple but control of the space around the temple some of y'all ain't getting it yet let me say it another way not just the church but influence in the community around the church are y'all hearing me somebody ought to know the church is here besides you Somebody, something about this community ought to change because we're here. Something about this community ought to be different because God's people are are here in this place. So the message. So the message has to be more. the the, The message has to be more than give me your hand and give God your heart. That's the temple. It's got to be bigger, a bigger message than that. We've got to go a little further and preach and teach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank God. For, thank God. Anybody glad to be saved? Thank God you're saved. Thank God if you die you're going to heaven tonight. Thank God that my, 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 my business is fixed. Thank God that I'm on my way to heaven anyhow. But as we teach and we preach, we've got to go just a little further than that. Yeah, as you talk about being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, also you gotta tell them that you are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Yes, uh, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to heaven tonight if I die. But you also gotta tell them that you are more than a conqueror. Are y'all hearing me? Yes, I thank God I'm saved. But you are more than a conqueror through Him that love. Are y'all hearing me? yeah yeah thank God tell them always celebrate the fact that Jesus died on the cross shed his blood for you and because of that you are saved but you've got to also carry them beyond that let them know they have rulership you can do all things through Christ Who are y'all hearing me you've got to tell them in times like these it ain't enough just to know you're going to heaven in times like these when guns are everywhere you need to tell them that no weapon that is formed against you No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Not not, not just that you're saved and on your way to heaven, but you need to stop and tell them that he will give his angels. Charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Thank God that you're saved. Always tell them uh, that you've been washed in the blood, but don't tell don't forget to tell them that you don't have to be afraid of the terror by night, not of the arrow that flies by night. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, you're going and celebrate the fact that you're, you're saved. Go ahead and lift your hand and thank God that you're on your way to heaven, uh, but you got to also tell them that a thousand shall fall by thy side. And 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. The good news, the good news this morning is that you're saved. You're saved through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, you have been restored to the right relationship with God. But as I close, as I close, and I am closing. I want to pose a question for each one of us to ponder right now and ponder throughout this time. The question I want you to ponder is this What separates me from the people that I know who are not saved? What separates me from what separates the way you talk from the way they talk? What separates the way you live your life from the way they live their lives? What separates the places you go from the places that they go? What separates their knowledge of the word of God from your knowledge of the word of God? What separates the way you treat other folk from the way they treat other folk? I'm just asking questions, posing questions. You think about it. You ain't got to tell your neighbor, I ain't got to raise your hand. Just want you to think about that. If you can't find a clear distinction between your life and the life of somebody who doesn't even know Jesus, maybe you need to check your wall. Oh, y'all hear me? If you can't find some distinction between your life and the life of somebody who does not profess to know him, maybe. It's time for you to check the wall. Your wall needs rebuilding. I'm through now. I'm through now. You need to make up your mind. You need to make up your mind to surrender all. I know, I know, we're proud because we surrendered some. (laughs) But, But you've got to make up your mind that I surrender all. Jesus came, died, suffered, bled, and died that you might have a right to the tree of life but it was more than you just going to heaven when you die. So that you might live, have life, and have life more abundantly here. That you might take charge of the space around you. Are y'all hearing me? So today, today, and I know this is unusual. Preaching for me is a series, and I'm, I'm not a series preacher often. It's sort of, you know, I know you're waiting on me to wind down. I know you're waiting. <laughs> Amen. But that's, that's it. That's the sermon right there. That's the sermon right there. You have you surrendered some I'm calling on all of us to consider surrendering all you have restored the temple but you left the wall down you restored your relationship but you need to be restored to rulership you need to take charge of some stuff I'm seeing too many of God's folk being beat down by stuff. You, you need to take charge of some stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. But you might do that. All to Jesus. I surrender. All to him. I freely give. If you're here this morning, let me invite you. If you're unsaved, all of this starts with giving him your life. So if you're unsaved, let me invite you to come. Accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. You're already saved. You need to take a step towards surrendering it all to Him.